Hello, and welcome to Caverncast. I hope, um, I hope you've had a calmer start to your day than I have, as I woke up to a very eerie ice cream van sound. I've heard this sound before, and it's not the, um, it's not the teddy bears having their picnic, which connotes feelings of whimsical joy and carefree vibes. No, no. This was, um... Oh, damn, what was it? What royalty-free tune was it? I think it was... I think it was the one that goes... That one. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it, but it's it's that one. Green sleeves? Is that green sleeves? Whatever. It was but it was weird because it was like it's sort of it was just as I woke up and it's acting in like the same way a dream does, like the memory fleeting faster and faster as I try to remember it. Either way, it was slightly out of tune enough to terrify me. So I think like the battery might have been dying slightly. So if, if you sense any lingering anxiety in my voice, then that'll be what it is. But we'll chill. We'll chill as we go through. Apart from that, all is well. Um, currently reading again. Reading a book called A Court of Mist and Fury, which is the second book in the Court of Thorns and Roses series by Sarah J. Mass. I like fantasy stuff. I like it a lot. And it's been recommended a hell of a lot by people on TikTok. So I took their advice. And yes... I am enjoying myself. I also saw three robins in the garden this morning, which is really nice for a second, and then paranoia starts to kick in, and I start to think they're plotting against me. Like if I ever see more than two or three birds hanging around together, I get very weary. Weary? Wary. I get very wary. I get very tired. <laughs> I get very wary that my demise is being planned out like i mean it, it come on it's called um, they're, they're called a murder of crows you know it's not a far jump to robins maybe that's it maybe the, like the crows kill and then the robins come in and just take your shit it's in the name so what do you think or is that that i mean that's a vulture thing really isn't it what's it what is the collective name for a group of robins, though? A heist? A heist of robins? Maybe. Um, well, the British Trust for Ornithology calls them a round of robins. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, which actually makes more sense because they probably look round to make sure no one is watching before they get to snatching your airpods straight out of your ear the little bastards but others call them a breast of robins so well, it's inappropriate isn't it or a blush of robins a blush of robins is quite nice because they have red chests i guess well you know what else red is the color of sin is it i don't know probably <laughs> anyway i hope you're well um welcome back Welcome for the first time, if you've not listened to Cast before. 
how it works is, oh, it's seagulls, isn't it? Seagulls are the real criminals. They're the, they're, they're the ones that take all your... I knew there was another bird. Not vultures. Vultures just eat you. Seagulls take your stuff. Bastards. It's a conspiracy. Oh no, that's ravens. This is too complicated. I hope you're well. How it works is... I use a random word generator to generate five random words, and I just see where my mind takes me, and have a fun time, a chill time, while you relax, or nap, or read a book. No, not read a book, that might, well, maybe, if it just, if you, you know, you don't listen, if you just tune out what I'm saying, which is fine, because I'm not talking about anything important anyway, I guess you could read a book. How is it? Is it good? Anything good happening? Did they die? Um, or maybe you're... More and more people are messaging me saying um, it's it, it's in the, the... like They're listening to Cavancast in the gym. Which is... I kind of get it, because I listen to classical music sometimes in the gym, depending on what I'm doing. So maybe if, it, if, it, if my voice grounds you, then... Not like, you're grounded, but like... You know, if it grounds you, if it centers you, then yeah, maybe, I guess. Um, yeah, so five random words while you do what you do. And the first word of the day is book, weirdly, as I've just been talking about reading. Literature. Lovely. Lovely. So like I said, I have been reading recently, but annoyingly, uh, I'm not reading as much as I would like. I've mentioned this before, I think, and nothing's changed, and I'm sure some of you can relate but when i read i love it i love it like normally i can't put it down i'm obsessed with the story it consumes me and i love nothing more than to spend my time reading but getting to that point is it's like waiting in passport control at the busiest time in the airport like coming off the busiest flight and they're understaffed and they were Babies crying the whole time on the flight. Also, the airport is covered in honey for some reason, so it's even harder just to walk through, just for good measure. That's what picking up a book and starting it feels like for me to get to that point. I feel like that with a lot of tasks in life. That, like, inertia to get moving. Oh, God damn. It sounds dramatic, I know, but I stand by it. It's a pain in the ass, bruh. But I love the aesthetic of the book world. I used to love and revel in going into the town um, and going to the library with my nan when I was a kid, whenever she needed a new book, because my, my nan was mad about reading. Um, I'd always go in and um, I'd, look at, I'd get like the biggest, like oldest looking book, uh, which was normally the world atlas. And I'd go looking at countries that I could barely pronounce, but really wanted to go to, and I'd love it, man. And then I, I fell in love with that scene in the original Mummy film, where Evie is working in the library among all these like crazy old books um, that contain like unbelievable amounts of history. And then she... <laughs> I love it. And then she goes and like trashes the place by reaching too far on a ladder. Like she's up 
a ladder resting against the bookcase. And then she tries to lean over to another bookcase, but reaches too far, resulting in all the bookcases just dominoing on the floor because she fell into one. It's so good. It's so chaotic. And I love it. I think um, I think there's a massive part of me that's that's really interested in history and literature somewhere, somewhere deep inside. I just haven't watered that part of the garden enough over the years. Maybe in my later years, if I ever make it there. I'll just sit and read books with like seven dogs and a house in Scotland somewhere. That sounds good. I like that. I'm not 100% sure where I stand on the whole books, like actual books are better than Kindle books argument, or e-books. Like, okay, they, they smell better for sure, but also not very good for trees. And yes, there's the actual experience of turning a page, but also arthritis, you know. <laughs> So I see both sides. It's weird. Um, it's weird seeing where the future is going. Weird, exciting, and terrifying. I really liked that one episode of Doctor Who with um, with David Tennant. The Midnight Library. No, hang on. I think I put two episodes into one there. The one with like the scary shadow crabs. I don't know what they are. Is it called the Midnight Library? I don't know. Hang on. Hang on. Mad Doctor Who fans listening to this are just screaming out the title of what it is right now. Silence in the Library. That's the one. Sorry about that. Oh, Midnight was the one on the plane, wasn't it? Where it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Stop copying me. Stop copying me. Stop Stop copying copying me. me. That one, that terrifying one. That was a well good episode. Goddamn. Yeah, both of those episodes were terrifying, though. Cannot wait for David Dennant and Catherine Tate to come back. I am going to cry. Swear down. R.I.P. Alfred, too. He was my fave. Bernard Cribbins. What a legend. Also, definitely ready for Shruti Gatwa to take over. I think he's going to be amazing. Anyone who doesn't watch Doctor Who right now is like, what What are you talking about? The height of British culture. That's what I'm talking about. I always liked, um, I always liked that scene from Good Will Hunting, um, where Will Hunting schools that guy completely in, in the bar just for like regurgitating stuff he read in books. I think that's true, man. Like, You ever meet someone who is just all theory and no like juice like you can read loads from books and like learn loads and you definitely should but there are also like a lot of books out there that are very revered with stuff in them that's rather questionable you know so you gotta learn that um critical thinking man probably the only good thing that came from university for me to be honest apart from getting robbed which heightened my sense of security to no end some call it hypervigilance i call it halfway to batman it's all in how you view it
No, uh, critical thinking I learned when I was, I had to do a paper, I had to do a load of research for a paper. And the whole thing was like, figure out what is bullshit and what isn't. And that thing of like, question things and don't take things for granted has really stuck with me. It's a skill that I'm very glad I learned. And now I impart it to you. I mean, I could just say, don't believe everything you read. But there's no spice to that, is there? No spice. That's what this podcast is about. It's all anecdotal, isn't it? Unless I'm reading from Wikipedia. (sighs) What is your favourite book? What is your favourite book? That is a question I impart to you. Mine, I think, is Ready Player One. No, it is Ready Player One. I don't know if I've spoken about that before, but it definitely is, for sure. I don't even know if it's a well-written book. I'm not good at that kind of thing, really. Like, like being a critic for film or TV or books on, like, the technical side of things. No, I don't really get it. I'm just like, did it make me cry? Five stars. Did I laugh until my ribs hurt? 95%. Did it take care of my inner child for a while? Give it an Oscar. And that's how I like it. And that's how Sue sees it. Uh, oh my god. And that's how Cavan sees it. Ah, because it's a C. I can do that. Yay. Um, also, I love going into things blind. Like, without any idea of whether people think it's good or bad. Like, no hype, no anti-hype. Because I'm I'm my own person, and you know I can, I can form my own opinions, but I like doing that after the fact because I don't like having that little that little tainted thought in the back of my mind that someone's already said something about it because I think you end up subconsciously looking for it. Maybe it's me. Maybe I like. Maybe I don't have enough <laughs> independence. But I feel like most people are like that. I don't know if that's some like old survival program we have from way back in the day like when like if if just before you meet someone someone else says oh they are not such a good person because that person was grew apparently that i was talking to uh immediately you're like you know you're slightly on edge and you're kind of looking for that confirmation, you know, that they're, that they're right, and just for safety. Like, if they laugh at something inappropriate, you think they're, you're, you're more likely to think they're an asshole immediately instead of thinking, oh, maybe they have really bad social anxiety and didn't know how to react, so they laugh to pacify and avoid conflict, you know, that kind of thing. You should never go too far down that road, and most of the time gut feelings work, but... I don't know. People are strange, dude. Like, there's probably a load of people that hate Ready Player One. Think it's like one-dimensional or predictable or whatever. But either way, it served my nerdy brain everything it desired on a silver platter. So I loved it. It is what it is, man. It is what it is. Cream. Is the next word. <laughs> cream. Did you ever have like a bowl of ice cream and wait for it to kind of melt or like mush it up so it's like a paste and then kind of like sort of drink it? 
No, me neither, bro. That's so weird. Why would you why would you do that? No, actually, no, you know what? I stand by it. I did that shit and I liked it. I liked my ice cream pate. It was delicious. I love me some ice cream, bro. Creamy things in general, really. I'm not sure how much my body likes them now that I'm getting a bit older, but that's okay. We have a working arrangement. A little um give and take if you will. How long that agreement lasts, who's to say? One day my body might pull a, a Darth Vader and be like, I am altering the deal. Pray I do not alter it any further. You know? <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Are you a... Are you a, a cream or a custard kind of person? I love me some custard over cream. To be honest, I think I'm that guy. Because I, I really like custard. I will drink that sucker right out of the pot. It's a damn good dessert right there. Hello, sir. Would you like any coffee or cheese and biscuits? Just the custard, please. Sir, do you not want any actual dessert? Just the custard, please. R right, right away, sir. Good. You know, I always wanted, like, always, whenever anyone asked if there was any food or drink you wanted from any, like, fictional TV show or cartoon or film, like, what would it be? Apart from all the food in the Harry Potter Great Hall scenes, mine was creme de la creme a la Edgar from the Aristocats. Aristocats? Aristocats. God damn, that looked like heaven in a bowl, honestly, without the, without the, you know, the drugging part. That part I could probably go without. I swear everyone has something from something that doesn't exist uh, that they really want to try. I also really wanted to try a, um, a jawbreaker from Ed, Ed and Eddie. Those things look physically impossible and also the most delicious things in the world. What other things like that are there? There's one that's coming to my head. There's one that's coming to my head that's like a fruit and some character bites into it and it's like really juicy. It's like the juiciest damn thing in the world and I can't think of what it is. I think it's a Disney film? Like Jungle Book or something? Um, old Disney film. Oh man, what is it? Why can you not help me? Oh, I can't remember. Forget it. Maybe it's the Lion King, actually. You know, when they ate the bugs? Maybe it was the bugs. They looked tasty as hell. So maybe it was that. Slimy yet satisfying. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just thinking about where cream of the crop comes from. And apparently... It's just a rip-off of creme de la creme. <laughs> Love it. I was also thinking, is there vegan cream because of, like, oat milk and coconut milk and stuff? But I've literally had vegan ice cream before. And it's really good. So I have answered my own question. Thank you, me. So how is cream a thing? Um... Cream is a dairy product composed of the higher fat layer skimmed 
from the top of milk before homogenization. In, hum in unhomogenized milk, the fat, which is less dense, eventually rises to the top. In the industrial production of cream, this process is accelerated by using centrifuges called separators. Fuges? Fuges. Centrifuges. I don't know. Called separators. In many countries, it is sold in several grades depending on the total butterfat content. It can be dried to a powder for shipment to distant markets and contains high levels of saturated fat. Cream produced by cattle, particularly Jersey cattle, grazing on natural pasture often contains some car carotenoid, carotenoid pigments derived from the plants they eat. Trace, I can't talk today. Traces of these intensely colored pigments give milk a slightly yellow tone. Hence the name of the yellowish-white color, cream. Oh. Carotenoids, carotenoids, carotenoids are also the origin of butter's yellow color. Hmm. Cream from goat's milk, water buffalo milk. I think I had that thought once. It feels like a thought I had once when I was high. And I was like spreading butter on bread and just thought, why is it yellow, man? Milk is white. Why is it yellow? And then that was the extent of my thought process. Do you remember in school you used to put a daisy under someone's chin and if it glowed yellow then they liked butter or they didn't like butter? I can't remember what it was. Someone remind me. I feel like that was a thing. Cream from goat's milk, water buffalo milk, or from cows fed indoors on grain or grain-based pallets is white. Uh-huh. As I get older, I start to appreciate colours more. Not even older, really, just since I converted my van. Like, interior design has become like a thing in my head. Beforehand, it was like cream, magnolia, off-white. Like, it's all the same thing. Now, I'm like, oh, damn. Well, damn, then we got differences now. Beige is still beige, though. I'm not going to lie. I can only get so far with it. <laughs> But, you know, 1% better every day, man. That's all we need to aim for. That's all we need. Okay, that'll do for cream. I'm going to move on. Aromatic. Aromatic is the next word. I have a real issue with aromatic drinks, man. Like rose-flavored stuff, like stuff like that. I do not get it. I feel like that, for me, is like the equivalent of people who have that gene where cilantro or coriander tastes like soap that's what i get from aromatic food or drink like just let it be what it is man you know here's a cupcake that smells like a cupcake which is very nice but then also boom flowers like what they're two very different areas of the brain that operate there i feel like like the pleasure i get from smelling flowers is not one that makes me go damn you smell good i want to eat you no, that's what I do with, like, mac and cheese, bruh. Not tulips. Mind you, you can put truffle oil in mac and cheese, and that's probably the closest I'd get to it. Fungus. Like, I'd smell a mushroom cooking and be like, mmm, I'll consume that bad boy. Put that in my belly. I feel like I'm getting overly passionate about this. I, I know aromatic just means, like, of having an aroma 
and it isn't specifically to do with plants by definition, but I don't know. I think I just wanted to vent about flowery drinks. I think that was just, that was looking for a reason to come out, but it doesn't really come into conversation that often. So put it in the podcast. This is my talk therapy. And same with Palmer Violets. You know that candy that literally tastes of lavender? Come on, bro. Just chew on something from the garden. For real. Yo, I'm just saying what I think, bro. I don't care if it's controversial. I'm going to speak my truth. If you don't like it, well, turn off the podcast and go suck a rose. Yeah, I said it. I'm sorry for letting my emotions get in the way of me. I do apologize. Speaking of emotions, though, I feel like it, I feel like it's ever so slightly dangerous for aromatic and aromantic to be such close words. Like if you read on a Tinder profile that someone is only attracted to aromantics, aka people who don't feel much, if any, romantic attraction, but you think it said aromatics, and you turn up with a bunch of flowers, and they're like, whoa, this is, this is the opposite of what I like. This is a very romantic gesture. And you're like, but you like, you like this. And they're like, no. You, this was a joke. This was a joke. <laughs> and you're like, I'm sorry. And they're like, this isn't going to work. And you're like, ah. Oh. And that could have been true love. That could have been true love. But because of those words being so close together, it was never meant to be. What a phenomenal joke that was, Cavan. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. No worries, buddy. <sighs> Most of you, most of you will think that was a terrible joke. Why did he put it in? But the thing is, this is how I talk in real life. I will just say a joke. And most of the time, it's just not funny, but it'll come out anyway. And this whole podcast is about being authentic. And, you know, not every joke is going to, is going to land. Sometimes it just all falls apart. Like when you drop a remote control and just everything springs out, batteries and buttons, and it all just goes wrong. Which is like life. But you're probably asleep anyway, so it doesn't matter. Hopefully you didn't hear my terrible joke. I'm going to move on. Wait, actually, no, I'm not. Before I move on, I'm going to do my English language hating thing for a second. Aroma and odour technically mean the same thing. But when you think of the word aroma, or aromatic, you think, ah, mm, nice, lovely, good things, mm, smells good, right? But when you think odour, you think, ooh, stanky, clean your pits. Why does it smell of literal shit in here? Like, they mean the same thing, though. So how can that be? I think they should swap it. I think they should swap it around. Would you like to try this, madame? What is it? Oh, it is an odoratic tonic? Do you mean aromatic? No, I do not. Actually, it is odoratic, and I do not like your attitude. Please leave. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> uh, oh, man.
I'm so tired of these Karens, man. Je suis fatigué. The negative aroma. Damn, dude. And the award for the worst French accent ever goes to moi. I wish these Karens would just zip it. That's my segue into the next word. Because the next word is zippy. <laughs> Saved it. Nice. I love me a zip. Love a zipper. Zips over buckles. Every day. Am I right? Where my zip gang at? Oh yeah. It's just me, isn't it? Alone. Speaking into the abyss. Not knowing if a soul can hear me. I wonder, right, if anyone has ever got stranded somewhere, like in space or like on a remote island somewhere, even in their garden, you know, the whole premise, like they were there for research, but then it all went wrong and they're on their own and they're stranded and just rambling their own thoughts, like Buzz Lightyear, Buzz Lightyear to Star Command, that whole thing. I wonder if any of them already have done the same concept as Cavern cast, but just no one has heard it. That's crazy to think. To whoever is out there in that situation, I hope we hear you one day, bro. Big love, sending it out into the ether. Zippy the Bush Kangaroo was a good show. No, it wasn't. Skippy the Bush Kangaroo was a good show. Scratch that. Valid point. Not on topic. Got it wrong. Sorry. You're a legend though, bro. Skippy. I don't really remember any episodes. I just remember Skippy like saving the day for some reason all the time. Zip really is one of those things that means so many things, isn't it? Zip it. Zipper. Oh, that dude just zipped by on his scooter, bro. That was legitness. So many things. I like zips. I like the sound. I like the onomatopoeic zip. You know what I mean? You know me. Big fan of onomatopoeia. Peer. Onomatopoeia. Not such a big fan of thing when things get caught in them, though. You know, like it's a cold night. You're out camping. It's been a wonderful evening. But the fire's dying down and it's time for you to get all snug. Go to sleep. And you go inside your tent and you start to get all snug in your sleeping bag. And you go to zip it up for that ultimate comfort and you discover that a little bit of the inside of your sleeping bag wants to get in on all that zippy action all of a sudden that zip ain't going nowhere because of that selfish inconsiderate nature of the inner layering of the provider of your warmth what an utter betrayal similar traitors include jackets some suitcases, and several guitar cases, and jeans. And heaven help you getting frustrated with it and trying to rip it out, lest the entire zip come with it. Wait, which part is this? Is the whole thing the zip? Or is it just the little bit that you zip with? Or is it the teeth bit that's the zip? Oh God, I don't know. One second. Okay, according to the very helpful SuccessfulFashionDesigner.com, there are several parts to a zip. The slider, 
also known as the car, hmm, the portion of the zipper that connects the teeth, connects to the teeth, and is what actually zips the teeth open or apart. Okay, so that's the bit I'm talking about. Oh, wait, no, the pull. The pull is the portion of the zipper that is attached to the slider, which is what the user pulls, pulls on to move the slider up or down. Oh, okay, so the pull and the slider are two different bits. The stop is the bottom or top part of the zipper that prevents the slider from pulling off the teeth. The teeth are on either side of the zipper tape. The teeth connect together to close the zipper. The tape is the textile portion of the zipper that holds the teeth. Oh yeah, the bit on the either side. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. This portion of the zipper is sewn into the garment or product. And the, the garage, the garage, the garage, the garage, not actually part of the zipper itself. This is a portion of fabric that is sewn at the top or bottom of a zipper insert for the slider and pull to park in the garage. Brilliant. Well, consider me educated. Now we know. Okay, so let's get a little more educational for the last word. Ant. Ant. So I was talking to a friend once. This is far from educational, or it is just in a different way. I was talking to a friend, and he was saying that he dropped acid once and watched A Bug's Life and said it was an amazing time. And I could see how that would be possible. He said each one of his friends that he was watching it with became one of the um, characters in the, in the circus in A Bug's Life, which could be very entertaining, I think. But what I don't think would be a good time is dropping any kind of psychedelic and watching the film Ants, you know, the kind of cousin of A Bug's Life. Actually, just watching the film Ants is, a, is kind of a disturbing time. Maybe I'm remembering it darker and weirder than it actually was, but I remember it being a pretty traumatic watch. I don't know if you remember it the same way. It was kind of, it was kind of that weird CGI, that kind of early 2000s, late 90s CGI. Who made Ants? Was it DreamWorks? I think it was. Yeah, it was. It was DreamWorks. No way. Ants was actually the first DreamWorks movie. Okay, I can kind of forgive them for that then. Trial and error and all that. Still scary though. Do you think do you think they ran screeners for test audiences and after it had finished, they were like, What did you think? And then one guy stands up and is like I think you guys should call yourselves Nightmare Works. <laughs> because it was scary? Science can carry up to 50 times their own body weight. It's crazy, right? There are also, um, there are also over 10,000 ant species in the world. Ants also don't have ears. So they hear using vibrations. This is a good point, actually. To hear is just ear with an H in front of it. So why isn't it chnose? 
Oh, man, that stinks. That's a horrible nose. Mmm. This mac and cheese, her tongue's great. If time travel was a thing, I would go back and change that. That would be the thing I did. But yeah, I always wonder when... Like when I'm sat outside or stood outside or something and there's ants wandering around, I always think, like, is it for them, like, how we perceive giants in films and stuff? Like, massive giants, you know, where a footstep is like a big, like... You know, that kind of thing. I reckon it is. if Because, you know, if it's like for fish, you know... For us, it like tapping on the glass is like, but for them, it's like, mm, 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 mm. I reckon, you know, that a hundredfold for ants would be the same. I always think if you ever pick up any insect like that, like an ant or a snail or something and like transport it to somewhere else, does it, does it then go back to its mates and it's like, dude, the craziest thing just happened to me. I hope so. I hope that's how it is. I bet that bug would get mad laid after that. I hope so. However, according to this, some species of ants are asexual. So maybe it would just like... I don't know, what would would be a good thing for that? You get to like meet the queen, maybe. That would work. That would work for humans and for ants. So actually, along along those lines, I'm going to... I'm going to bring it down to end on a note that might help put some things in perspective a little bit. Um, Just like how ants probably view us as massive. I'm sure you've probably heard, heard or said the phrase, Whoa, everybody looks like ants from up here. When you're up somewhere high. Suddenly everything seems so small when you're looking at it from a different perspective. So, my advice to you is that when things are seeming like too much in your head and everything's seeming too big and too overwhelming, go do something that changes your perspective. Something random. Something completely out of left field. And you may be surprised at how much doing that will help you see things from a different angle and help you move forward with a better idea of how things actually are, rather than how they seem. And with that, I'm going to leave you. I hope you are feeling more chill than you were before we began. This definitely, it kind of felt a bit more grounded than that first episode back, but I'm glad you, I'm glad you're all enjoying it all the same. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening. And please do take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself, and I will speak to you soon. Okay.